0: This episode is recorded on Jar Country, and we want to pay our respects to the original creatives of this land and their elders past, present, and future. Welcome back to another episode of Country Creatives. I'm your host today, Reese Hendy, and uh, doing something a little bit different because Caleb's not here with me, and I um, thought, what can we do? I might take on the challenge of hosting an episode on my own, which uh, was a little bit of a daunting thing to think about. But here I am taking on the challenge. And um, this episode is obviously a little bit different to our usual country creatives. The solo episode, the experiment, I'm going to interview myself. And I'm going to get a little bit of help to do that. But I was uh, in preparation for this meeting, talking to Andre and... I was like, what am I going to do just an episode on my own? What can I talk about? What could be the focus of the chat? And we were having a little bit of back and forth. And he goes, why don't you interview yourself? I said, oh, I could, that, yeah, that's funny. And he he had a bit of a laugh and he said, oh, you could change your voice up and do different interview styles. So it was an interesting premise that Andre came up with and I thought I'd run with it, do a little bit of a self-indulgent episode. Amy, our producer, thanks for the encouragement because she said, oh, People who have been listening, they probably want to get to know you a little bit more. And um, this is a way we might be able to get it started. I've asked a few people to come up with some questions for me, which I'll answer sometimes with them on the phone, sometimes from a written question that I've collected. So the first bloke that I've wrangled in to come and ask me a question is old mate Hamish Riley. He's actually done a previous episode before on finance and creative business so go and have a listen to that one if you haven't already hamish and i are are pretty good mates we grew up playing squash together and he's really been there for my creative journey since forever and as a non-creative person we've always had super interesting chats and banter around the importance of creative and to be mates with a designer must be hard sometimes if you're not creative because fonts oh look at this font over here they use papyrus again duh There you go, you see a flower shop and it's got curls. You're going, oh, what the hell? Of course it does. Every bloody flower shop using curls. We just know random shit and love to call it out. For a non-creative person, they're probably like, what the hell are you talking about? Can we just talk about something normal? So Hamish has been that person to me, but also it's great to have someone who challenges you on certain levels, especially around the business side of things. Let's hear from Hamo now. Alright Hamo, I've managed to wrangle you in because uh, I didn't want to ask all the questions of myself, but I gave you, how much notice did I give you to come up with a question? About an hour. Ah, a little bit more than that. Go on, you came up with something, can you deliver it to me, what's the question?
1: What I want from you Hendy is to give me an idea of when you started the business, so what was the best part of it and what was the worst part of starting your business. But I don't want the generic fluffy... Stuff you give to someone to make them feel good. I want to actually hear the raw, deep part of, give me the shitty part that you don't want to tell other people. Give me the actual real story. You did give me a little bit of warm-up time on this
0: too. I think the best thing about launching into the business and having a business and all of the learnings throughout it have made me a much more competent creative and I'm lucky enough to have gone through a lot of projects in that short amount of time, which is two years, plus the time is in when it was part time. And the result of that is I feel like I know shit I did not know at the start of how to work with people, how to work with other creatives, businesses, how to do a lot of the things that are required in business. And I think that overall experience is like the best thing personally,
1: I think that I got out of the, bu- got out of the business. Mate, I think you hit the nail on the head there because one of the things I would say is that when you first started the business, we'd have conversations as if someone who's in business myself. You'd sit there and say, no, they should just do it this way. And I'm like, no, as a business, that's not how this shit works. You need to actually understand, listen. And one thing you've done amazing is learn to actually understand the business and you still get the outcome you want, but you don't sit there and say, this is what it is. You talk them through it. You get them to understand what your perspective is and you end up getting your way anyway or the, the best way or best outcome for the customer you've got much better at dealing with people.
0: I reckon it's trying to detach the creative ego. You are not your idea. <laughs> yeah, it's 100% mate, yep. And it can be co-designed. You can come up with an idea with someone and you might not like what they're suggesting initially, but if you get to the crux of why they're suggesting it, I feel like it's almost like just caring a little less about the product and being a little less attached to it.
1: I think that's the hardest thing for any artist from what I can see from the outside because I'm commercially minded so my thing's just Getting it done the way someone wants it done. That's my idea. But, yeah, from what I've seen with mates who are artists, it's hard once you've got that idea and you feel so passionate about it, and that's what makes you guys such great artists, to actually pull away and go, okay, I can see why they want it this way. Let's work with that. Let's make it happen in the way that still makes them love the artwork as well.
0: Yeah, and you get it's a way better result when everyone loves the outcome. And everyone's probably compromised. They've given you some leeway, but you have to also give them some leeway to feel ownership and like they come on the journey sometimes with you or they're getting exactly what they want. That smile at the end is so much easier if you just drop some of that like fighting for some creative thing that really doesn't make a huge difference at the end of the day.
1: So much, mate. But also what it does is it actually gives you greater love and support from that business owner or that other person you're working with. So they're going to come back to you next time. They're going to tell other people to come back to you. Whereas if you're just going, no, this is the way it sure has to be, they're not going to send someone they like to you.
0: Yeah, like standing on your creative high horse for yeah. too long. You can step up on the soapbox and tell them, but at some time you have to come down and talk to them.
1: 100%. percent well, you, you got to do both ways because you know, sometimes you do have to stand firm if you believe in it. But if you're not 100% and you don't even understand why the customer chose it to be that way, then you're doing something wrong. Yes. I don't give you many compliments, mate, so you take that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Thanks, mate.
0: <laughs> I'm glad that the thing that I've mentioned was one of the one of the good things is also recognizable from one of my close mates. The worst thing, I think, was and it ties up with COVID because when I launched the business full time it was like a week before the lockdowns so um, I'll tell the story really quickly I was working three days a week at the internal marketing team doing video and graphic design I'd been doing a lot of work like after hours on the two days off on the weekends doing workshops and murals and heaps of stuff hustling really hard going really well making heaps of connections had heaps of stuff booked in for the year of 2020 in schools especially mm. and I gave my three weeks notice. The first week we were at work, had no idea that COVID was on its way. The second week, was like, oh, I think the office might be closing down a little bit. We're starting to just think, oh, we might be affected here. And my last week of notice, I was working from home. I did so much productive work for the company in that one week working from home. (laughs) Yes, But okay, so it was a huge um, shift in the whole business from the very get go all the momentum had to be slightly tweaked and adjusted. And, and what it led to was a lot more spare time, no need to drive anywhere, no need to interact with other humans as much other than on a screen. But I think that it led to a lot of self-doubt and other things and the vices became distracting. And they, they started to affect who I was and that was, is that related to my business though?
1: Well, it is, mate, because you are your business as Mm -hmm. much as it may not feel. And what you're saying there is what everyone goes through whether they have a business, like whether you're working 80 hours a week and you start losing friendships and relationships and everything like that, yours was magnified by COVID, but what you're actually feeling is still the exact same stuff that everyone goes through. And you have to determine whether on times where you're not doing anything, are you going to sit around and talk shit with mates or be productive in the business?
0: I think that the main worst thing about having a business for me was becoming the business and feeling like I was the business the kind of the issues that come along with that I had totally not expected and you start to question your own self-worth when if you're not busy and you're like oh I'm not really making as much money this week or this fortnight as I thought and you're scrambling around to try and do something and there's a lot of challenges and barriers in the way and you add your own worth to the worth of your business and as, when you're starting out, the value isn't very high, it's just hard work.
1: <laughs> yep. And it's good that you've realised that it's something that every business owner goes through because, yeah, you do start doubting yourself, you go through everything else. It's shit getting, it's being self-employed sometimes and it's, you need to actually understand that before you do it. And that's why things like this podcast, you can actually talk about more of that emotional baggage and the stuff that comes with it because that's the stuff that everyone doesn't talk about enough. We've talked about it so many times. As men, and you talk about me being shut down and never actually talking to anyone, this is what I am. But business is exactly the same thing. People don't talk about this stuff enough.
0: Mm. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And the intersection of life and business, it can Mm. get complicated.
1: Business is business, right? Bullshit. Business is not business. Business is yourself. So if something hurts your business, people think it doesn't matter. It does, whether it's financially or emotionally otherwise. I've had people who have given me bad reviews and it's not even my fault as a business, but personally I feel shattered by that because I knew them and I also have people who read those reviews and it makes me sad and I can go into depression cycle for two days going, I don't wanna do this job anymore, don't do this job anymore.
0: Yeah, 100%, how much you tie yourself to your work. I'll try and make a a positive sandwich with a bit of negativity (laughs) in the middle as the uh, meat To combine the good and the bad, there are the bad parts that come from it and there are the good parts, but overall the journey of that Well, if you can turn it into a positive at the end, I feel like I have been able to and I've utilised the skills that I've learned in that business to help overcome those issues as well. So yeah, it's all a bit of a positive negative sandwich.
1: Yeah, mate, I don't like the whole thing of being. everything has to be positive. It doesn't have to be positive. You have to embrace that shit to actually, it helps you grow, it makes you a better person. Embrace it, cry, move on, go to the next stage. Well, hey, Mo, thanks
0: for the big, deep question. I've appreciated the quick little chat as you've dropped in as I continue my quest on this interview of myself. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks, mate. I had a bit of a scare moment there. Did I record the question with Jack Fran? I just had him on the phone, had him on speaker, held up to the microphone where he asked the question...
2: Hey, Reese, it's Amy. Um, I hate to break it to you, but I reckon you probably didn't quite capture that amazing chat that you had with Jack because it's not in the audio file. So you better fill
0: us in. Jack's from Adelaide. He's a mural artist and contemporary artist, but I met him through murals. And he was one of the first people I got up on a big wall here in Bendigo. The story goes, he posted on social media a couple of years ago, does anyone have any murals for me to paint? Mine keep getting buffed in Adelaide. They keep getting painted over. And I hit him up on uh, Instagram, replied, said, yeah. Mate, i got one for you in Bendigo. We'd never spoken before. And he replied with, yeah, righto, when do I come over? So just a lazy seven to eight hour drive from Adelaide to Bendigo, and off a little message like that, I had to scramble like hell to find a wall because I didn't actually have a big wall for him yet. We found a big one on Bath Lane, on the back of the Brew House Coffee, and we teed it up and basically we paid our own way to to pull it together. But it's a real standout piece in the end, and it was one of the first experiences I had at that scale and. Jack absolutely smashed the artwork and ever since then I've really appreciated his creative prowess and the way he sees the world and the way he makes art. I always have really great chats with him. So I called him up and said, mate, give us a question. Gave him a little bit of notice and he made it pretty simple. He said, what's next for Reese Hendy, for Nacho Station, for whatever it is? What does the future hold? I thought, oh, okay, I didn't have any notice to uh, We had a little bit of a chat saying that the next stage, I think, is to do with gallery and art spaces, experiences, bringing people through to see art in a more controlled environment, maybe uh, more collaborations inside of the four walls rather than the outside of the four walls. And we've got a, uh, the first little steps that have been put in motion. For that particular idea is there's a few of them out in eagle hawk with eagle hawk festivals we're applying for a venue out there which is the old eagle hawk courthouse it's an amazing building and it's got a full lighting and gallery system in there we want to take over the lease with empowering eagle hawk and eagle hawk festivals and create a community art space so that will be super cool when that plays out we're currently going through the application process with the city and once that comes to fruition there'll be some community art space but also hopefully a space for guests curating some shows programming something in there maybe twice a year and one thing that I've realized I've had some ideas in the past about different projects that I want to bring to the gallery type thing and I've not seen them through so they're still sitting there ready to be used and I've got the materials there ready to go. And the reason why I think it hasn't happened so far, we haven't pulled the trigger on doing any kind of art gallery show type thing, is that just haven't had the skills or the, the connections or uh, the backing in place to, to see it through and just having never really done it before on a more large scale. So for what's next is the Nathan Sims, Mr Dimples, he and I have had a few chats and we've got some crossover interest there. And watch this space, because I think that's the kind of direction. What's next for Reese. Might be some creative adventures in that kind of curation and experience space, bringing people together for art inside of venues and inside of a bit more of a controlled setting rather than the placemaking that I've been known for thus far. Thanks for the really thoughtful question, Jack. It was nice to solidify that and to put it out into the world in this public Sphere. I feel like it um, definitely motivates me, and it's a, it's like an intention set now. So thanks for helping me to set that intention. It's been so good having questions from people that I know who've wanted me to go a little bit deeper and ask the big questions. And I've got another one of those now. I asked my partner, Penny. She would call herself a non-creative person. Sometimes wonders how she puts up with all the creativity that oozes out of me, the million ideas that I come up with on a regular basis. But anyway, she's found a way to, to deal with it and put up with it. And her question for me was, in hindsight what would I have done six months prior to launching a business if I had my time over? The six months leading up to going full time in the business, what would I have done actively for those six months that is, that is different to what I did? We had a really great chat off the back of that about what our life was like at the time and where we were living and all different kind of life scenarios that we had at the time. So putting some of the life challenges aside, I think what I would have done is locked away specific time to rather than just do the job that I was doing, I was like trying to get as much work through the door as I could in the part-time capacity that I had working late nights, working weekends, shuffling around days at my regular work to be able to do freelance work and that was all well and good and I thought that the busyness and the sending invoices and having outcomes and building a reputation was While that was going really well, and it was super important to launch into the business, I think what I would have done is gone back and planned out in detail, in a business plan type document, some of the financials of what I needed to achieve, some of the key directions that I wanted to go in. And I had very broad like aims and objectives that I'd written down in notebooks of bring street art to Bendigo be the person who brings street art to betting. Or maybe that was the right thing at the right time because I didn't know how specifically to do it other than to, to have this really broad vision and just make anything happen to potentially push me towards that goal. So I probably would have got a bit more sp- specific about the measurements of success of what that would look like. And I would have signed up to some specific personal development courses, whether online or like it was pre-incubator and the important creative hub existing, but I would have tapped into some other services online, potentially for personal development. Yeah, having a really good financial plan, having a really good business plan, not a really good, but having the bones of it and something you can come back to and probably doing some sessions to help write that business plan, have some people and some mentors who I could specifically – go-to to to brainstorm and discuss this big next wave, people who'd had experience in the field as well. That's probably a good one in hindsight to access people who I admired and work like a model of what I thought success looked like from a professional perspective and ask them, what would you do? Like, how would you set this up? Can you give me some advice on what I'm thinking and, and fine tune it before I really go all in on it? So that's probably the main things prior to launching Nitro Station full time, what I would have done differently. But I also believe in not being too structured and rigid that you can't pivot and change because it was a new business and a new way of doing things and a whole new line of work. I think that experimenting and adjusting and not having too much rigidity allowed me to evolve the business quite quickly. I actually did the professional development stuff after starting full-time and it was probably good to have a few runs under the belt and have an understanding of what it is I needed to do, what it is I was doing well, what people were enjoying. I had some kind of market research to reference it to but it would have been even better to have the original plan laid out, then get the experience and just hustle hard and make all these things happen and then take that plan and continuously adjust it and tweak it rather than create it later on in the business. So thanks Penny for posing that question, really appreciate it. I guess it's time to maybe ask a question of myself and to do that I might use my podcasting voice to ask the question and and then I'll answer in my normal voice which doesn't sound like this. Anyway, I definitely my podcast voice tends to slow it down and feel a smooth kind of waves. But I'm not sure that I do that so much anymore. Just go on to my regular voice. My partner thought it was quite funny that I had a podcast voice, but to turn it on when needed, maybe I should keep working on it. See how silky smooth I can get this voice. I could start doing voiceovers for ads of different shapes and sizes. But anyway, the question I would give to myself is... What do you think was the earliest thing you can recall that set you on this direction of collaboration and facilitation of creativity rather than being the artist yourself? Geez, the podcast always take a bit, took a bit of a turn then. But yeah, I think I've noticed recently and, and for the last few years as I've gotten better at what I do and understanding what I do is that it was always about collaboration Bringing people together from the get go, from a very long time ago, and probably most notably through the the magazine that we produced when we were at university, and I was a project manager for that. It was called Flair Magazine, and we got some funding from Lead On, which was supported by Bendigo Bank. And uh, yeah, we uh, we produced a magazine, and the whole premise of it, which I was involved with from the inception stage, was to do a youth magazine by youth for youth, and more broadly for the community, to talk about creative and social issues for people of our age. People who are maybe 15, 25 was what we tried to make a narrow market, but we tried to do in a really highly professional way. And the, the kind of premise of it was to bring a bunch of creatives together who were looking for opportunities to showcase their work and build a name for themselves and highlight their creative skills, whether it was for their portfolio or to create new networks or to get experience in publishing having your work published. And yeah, so we wrangled together a whole team and there were some awesome people who worked on the idea from the very early stages. I was one of a few who did that. We had a whole executive team and we made it onto a front cover of a, a couple of local newspapers and magazines and whatnot. But yeah, I think just always found other people's creative work to be interesting and, and fascinating. And I love to imagine how other people can progress their style or their work to take it to new heights or different variations of it that they might not have thought about. And maybe I've just always thought that two heads is better than one. You can have one idea, but two perspectives and the many millions of combinations those two perspectives can make is a bit more interesting than a singular perspective. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. If it's just your perspective and something I think is cool or something that I think is interesting, then it can feel like a selfish endeavour or maybe there's too much pressure with that. I feel like with other people involved, there's a bit less pressure because everyone has their strengths and areas that they want to focus on or that they can focus on. And so facilitating that collaboration Was definitely the space that I felt more comfortable was in was working with the professional or the person that had the style or the skill working with them to create something that they couldn't have created on their own and I've probably come back to that exact those exact words in the past when describing it and what it is that I do and where I fit as a creative and on a more personal level I've I've just never been able to get past letters painting graffiti All right, there's another question. So the other question I would have for myself too is, this is something that is really hard to answer. I don't know if I can, but I'd love to, is what does my personal creative endeavour look like? Something that I could make and not show the world and not put my name to that I would just make for the sake of making it to make me feel good and to make me feel creative. That's something I'm probably still on a journey of figuring out what that is. At the moment, it's definitely around letters and graffiti-style letters that I like to draw and paint. I'm asking myself recently, could it be more than that? Should I start to do projects that utilise that skill or should I just use it as a creative endeavour and explore it and play with it and have fun with it and express myself in a visual medium and could see where it goes? Because I kind of like the idea of having that thing that has no pressure attached to it. And it's really hard for me to have that without th- coming up with all these ways that it could be commercialised or, oh, well, I'm going to make this thing so I can show it here. And to make something without that commercial or like output purpose in mind, it feels a little bit less natural than probably what it used to when you're back at high school and you're younger and you don't really have that pressure to make money with your time. So, yeah, if- it's probably just carving out time Not to know, not for me to know now where I want to take it, but to carve out time to allow it to go where it needs to go. So that would be in regards to my own personal creative visual output and endeavors. I thought while I'm on here solo too, that I would love to give a shout out to... Caleb Maxwell, the co host of Country Creatives, and also Amy Chapman. We shared her out a lot because she does all of the work behind the scenes, and it's great that she jumps over with a voiceover sometimes just to interject, let us know when we've stuffed something up, or give us a little bit, give people a bit of a fact check, whatever it might be. So thank you, Amy. But Caleb, we don't really praise each other too much when we're both on the microphone. And what I really appreciate about Caleb and our relationship actually is that. You might not know this or realise it, but we actually have quite different views on the world in some instances. And, for example, religion is one of them. Caleb is a religious person. And I don't want to go into the details of that exactly, but I'm sure he wouldn't mind me mentioning that. But the thing that I really appreciate about Caleb is that he doesn't push that onto anyone. It's That's his belief. And he holds it strongly and he will defend it, but he won't try and go on the offensive to make you believe the same thing that he does. If you want to ask the question and have a robust discussion, he's more than open to do that too. And he's very concise and he has very clear reasons. I always appreciate that he has that that firm stance on so many things in his life, like he's so certain of stuff which is super interesting whether he actually is under it all who knows but he comes across like he's just absolutely got it dialed. I super appreciate that. And that that religion and non-religion is that's just one of many things that we probably have very different views on. And I've often discussed with him that we should have a we should have a discussion about how to disagree with someone but still get along or how to respectfully disagree because it's a skill that's a bit lost in the world. At the moment, there's so much divisiveness. You're either one or the other, and it doesn't leave any room for nuance. Like we're all in our echo chambers on social media, just being served the content that we already believe in. And what's refreshing with Caleb is we are potentially in separate echo chambers for certain areas of life, and we don't hold that against each other. In fact, we let it be who we are, and we let it. We vibe off each other in that way because we have different perspectives to add in all different areas of life. So I've often found that interesting with us and I really appreciate that as creatives and as friends and as humans, we can so easily get past that. So Caleb, thank you for that in particular. Also a huge shout out mate, just props for where you've come from and where you're up to and the self-determination that you have. Really admire it. And it's amazing to watch and it's amazing to learn from you, what you've been through, what you're going through, what you might go through in future. And to be a part of that journey through the discussions we have, brainstorming, letting me in to that part of your life, it's really cool, really special. And I hope that the listeners are equally appreciative of that because I certainly am. Yeah, so I don't know. I could probably drool on for a little while longer about how cool he is, but I'll leave it at that for now. And looking forward to getting Caleb back on the microphone because it's been a bit of a self-indulgent episode. And it'd be good to have him back in to to balance the mix. Thanks for tuning in and joining me on a bit of a journey of self-discovery. You'll hear from me again soon on the next episode of Country Creatives Podcast.
2: been listening to an episode of country creatives podcast conceived by the amazing reese Handy and caleb maxwell hope you enjoyed reese's internal journey into his creative endeavors i certainly did it's always amazing to get understanding and insight into how the brains of reese and caleb work if you'd like to delve a little deeper and get Uh, close and personal to Reese and Caleb how about you drop them a line on the Instagram it is country underscore creatives or you could drop us a line at countrycreatives.com.au shout out to the Emporium Creative Hub for supporting the podcast and we have a brand new episode coming to you in two weeks time so make sure that you're subscribed by your favorite podcasting platform and see you soon